Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Today, we are chatting with Adam Geisen about opening the door for someone else to gamification, coaching, supporting, and helping people get started with it all. Before we get into this any further, Adam, can you give a brief intro? This is not your first time here on Well Played, but uh, it's been a while. It has been a while. It's, what, which episode is this? This is 139. 139. So it was almost exactly half. I was on 67. Dang. Almost. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. So my name is Adam Geisen. Um, I'm an instructional tech coach um, and a, uh, a computer repair instructor, I guess you'd call me, uh, in the Triad School District in Troy, Illinois, uh, just outside of St. Louis, um, down there um, in, in the Midwest. Uh, we, uh, I've, I've been doing this for about four years or so. And before that I taught English for, uh, 16, 17 years. So been in education for a really long time and, and kind of recently jumped into the gamification, uh, world. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Always, uh, love chatting with, well, really love chatting with anybody on this well played. It's so fun to connect with you guys as educators out there in different roles, different experiences. So I absolutely love this community. It's, it's such an honor to be sort of a part of it and get to host this. Uh, and specifically with your sort of background, this topic kind of couldn't be any better, right? With you being sort of in that sort of coach role and helping other educators um, and, well, and been an educator yeah. yourself. So, I mean, like you, you sort of played both sides of this equation. Yeah. Well, as gamification becomes more popular, uh, which it has been, I mean, even just in the last couple of years, we see it more and more, I, you know, coaches are becoming sort of that point person for the, the people who are like, Hey, I'd love to gamify, but what do I do? And, you know, and instructional coaches, I'm a technology coach, but also instructional coaches do the same, you know, the same role. I think it's, it's actually more vital uh, for an instructional coach to sort of have the gamification kind of in the back pocket as one of the tools uh, to help teachers, you know, improve engagement. So it's always good, I think, to help, I don't know, coaches give, have have more uh, kind of plays in the playbook, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Yeah, so I mean, I guess let's start there. If if we're going to get somebody to to start gamifying, I, I think, I mean, before the show we were sort of chit-chatting and joking a little bit, and you know, you sort of mentioned that it almost has to begin with them coming to you. Like, right. And I, I think that that's like an, a really good qualifier kind of for any successful like adoption of kind right. of any curriculum or any activity in your classroom uh, you know it's that organic ground up like when there's interest that drives you right so well and I, I think about too with the instructional coaches that I had as a when I was teaching English um, and I don't know if this is a high school mentality or what but a lot of times people will come in and be like "Ooh, I think you should try XYZ and sometimes I'm like you know I've been doing this for so long some those suggestions may not be what I'm looking for and chances are they're probably right it's just sometimes teachers can be kind of stuck in their path this is what I've done for so many years um, and so they're not always willing to change or look at new ideas and I think that um, even just seeing the idea of what, what gamification can do can, like you said, open the door to that. Um, and I think that that is, is so vital to, for the starting point to say, hey, I saw this. I want to try it now. Sure. Um, you know, and I think that that just even just presenting the idea in, in some sort of gamified way can open the door. And that sort of worked for us, um, you know, as we because the, the podcast I was on before um, 
we talked about professional development, how we gamify professional development. You've had other coaches on that have yep. talked about professional development. And I think that's a that's a great way to start um, is to do some sort of gamified element from, you know, for the teachers themselves. Um, and that is enough to kind of open the eyes to, oh, I could do this in the classroom too. Um, yeah, I think when you get there, it's like that's kind of the other way to bring it about, right? So right, if, right. if they're not asking for it, putting them in a system that has some light gamification elements where they start to realize that this lays over the top of everything. So when you right. do your your coaching model of gamification as professional development, they start to see that like, oh, like they just picked this theme, we're on this adventure, but really like they just need us to work through these modules, but by doing so, it's adding to our team. There's a little bit of excitement. I'm all of a sudden talking to the teacher across the hall because we're on a team and like, right whoa, wait a minute, I could do this in my classroom. Yeah. So I think that's the, a good like, yeah. side way to sort of bring it in. The simple idea of earning a badge is enough to get teachers excited. We were surprised by that. But um, all right, but so it, like taking that next step, somebody's yeah. excited, somebody's approached you, said, I want to get started. It can be an overwhelming topic because gamification, in one hand, it's simple and it's light, but I often sort of, talk about like if you're really going to get to the like most effective the most powerful the most transformative right. those are pretty big like think through and i and, and i was kind of saying earlier too one of the big uh hurdles to this from a, from a person who's wanting to help a teacher become you know more uh comfortable with gamification is that the idea of gamifying in a classroom is so personal you know i mean that's there's no two people who have the same game i don't think you know from from the conversations that uh that we see uh on twitter and people who are like hey you know here's this thing i just built from i can't wait to show it to my classroom everybody's like my god that's a brand new idea what a cool thing and, and there's so many new ideas that you know there isn't a pattern you can't walk in and be like a we do this b we do this i don't think i think you can have ideas for it but i, I... don't know if there is a a b c d this is what you should do one two three four or do I would you go... think there is no, I would go one step further and say, like, there shouldn't be. I totally agree with you. Like, Absolutely. I, I think if you really want to be successful and, and get to, like, that richer, meatier, gamified experience that, that truly, like, motivates and inspires students to, to try things in a rich risk environment, you, you have to, like, build it. And you ha it has to be organic and it has to fit your sort of environment and if we think about it like that if we think about it like a, a beautiful native like orchid or something i can't construct this in my environment and then just snip that orchid and then like give it to you like well you have right. a totally different school atmosphere different grade different experience different teaching style different pace right. right and like to just assume that we can take that orchid and slap it anywhere and have it work like yeah, i don't think so but on the flip side, this is the challenge to sort of bring people into gamification because I, in one respect, I do see it as a sort of silver bullet. I mean, there is no mm -hmm. such thing, and we, we get that. But it has been like the most inclusive, the, the sort of highest percentage of reaching students I've ever seen. But where it's not a silver bullet is it takes a, an inordinate amount of time. Like you, uh, yeah. this is no off the shelf. Like all I have to do is read this 30 page book and I now know right. how to like teach my students and it's perfect. Like, no, it's like my book, for example, <laughs> right. I think it's a good starting point if I was to plug that. But even that, 
it doesn't give you the answer. It gives right. you like some blueprints. It gives you some ideas, but like you're still going to have to construct it. Like this, this is by no means like just do chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and you now have a gamified perfect class. Exactly. I gave you some. <laughs> I totally agree. <clears throat> right, and you know, and that was kind of what you know what I was thinking too as we were talking about that. I mean, that would be my first point. If a teacher came to me and we had not talked about gamification at all, and he or she was like, "I want to gamify my classroom," the very first thing I would say is, "Here's this book. Read it. It's it's called Explore Like a Pirate by Michael Montero." Nice, nice. It's good, good guy. That's a good first line. He's good to listen to. Right. That's that's our answer. <laughs> Second thing, I mean, I would also then send him to the podcast. And say, skim through here, and, you know, I mean, if you start from one, it'll take you forever to get all the way to the end. But there's so many great tidbits in there and places, and you did the series on where to start. And I think that is another great place to point and say, hey, look at this. And But some teachers are like, yeah, but I kind of want to, you know, I don't want to read a book. I want help. Let's, let's talk about it right now. You know, it's like that, and that's kind of where... Hundred percent. That's where the fuzzy area is. Yeah. I mean, I had a teacher at one point tell me after we, you know, we showed them the whole our gamified PD and all that stuff, and he immediately saw me afterward and was like, "Hey, I want to do this for my classroom." I'm like, "Awesome, let's talk about it." So we sat down at a time to talk, and he's like, "Okay, so can you go ahead and do this for me?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> No, that's not. I don't think that's how it works. So then we kind of talked about it, and he, at the end, it didn't seem like he was really willing to put in the extra work. And I think that that, and then that was fine. And then we haven't talked about it since then. Sure. You know, and it was like that. But I think the ability to say, "Hey, I like this, and I'm willing to work at it," I think those are the two things, like you said, are super, super important. So, you know, shooting from the hip here, talking it through with you, I think another angle in which you could maybe inspire some teachers or capture some teachers. If you're talking to teachers, if you're coaching them, and they, they don't know what they want, they have not necessarily right. expressed gamification, but they're coming to you and saying, you know, hey, Adam, I, I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. Maybe a leading question, a coaching question that you could ask, you know, might be like, you know, what, what's, what's the purpose for doing something different? And if they go with like some sort of curricular answer, you know, maybe you choose something else. But if they truly say like, they want to connect more with their student. Like if that, mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do with it, but they want to connect more with their right. kids. This then I think opens the door where you could then do another follow-up question where like, you know, connecting with kids is super important and it definitely like produces great gains in your classroom, but that takes an, a huge investment of your time, right. you know? And then if they sort of say like, yes, I am ready to connect with my mm -hmm. students. I'm ready to give that time. Then now you can kind of say like, well, here is this style. It is going to take time, but it is right. one of the best ways to connect with students is with this sort of immersive gamified experience. That sort of pathway in might be one where they've accepted right. before you've popped the sort of gamification question. They, mm -hmm. They've sort of accepted that it's going to take time. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, on the flip side, so while I have that story, I, the other story I've got is a teacher who totally came prepared with a theme and a flow and everything for her reading classes. And so she already had, you know, they're in this underworld, the the upper world is is ruined and everybody's moved underground and you you work your way up to the top by reading different genres of books and there, you know, there's, there's guilds and there's groups and they earn points and they earn fire and they earn food. And she had the whole thing ready to go. Like, so that part was ready. She just didn't have 
the back end. How are we going to manage it? How do kids turn in information? And so I helped her with that end of it. But she had the creative part down. And so, you know, I think you, you have both examples. You have, you have ex times where you need to help the management side, and then you need to, and then there's others who like have no idea where to start or where the theme is and that kind of idea. So like that's the, that's the contrast. Yeah, I think too, getting people to recognize and realize you don't have to make everything that happens in your classroom intimately tied into the game theme because I think right. that that sometimes can stall people out. They're like, I don't understand. I'm just a math teacher. All I need them to do is like work on some math problems at the board and then hand in some math worksheets and then do some math quizzes and take a math test. I don't understand how that relates to being on like a shipwrecked island. Right. And like that can be a huge hurdle, but you have to realize some super creative people can perfectly tie those things together. I am not one of them. I mean, I have right. plenty of just normal tasks happening in my classroom that I do not try to explain how it relates to the realm of nobles. Um, and so I'm here to tell you like, that is okay. That is right. totally okay. So you can offer some of these things as just side missions that like earn you some game points that unlock some things, you know, whatever they happen to be in your class. But it can be as simple as like doing this extra math multiplication right. worksheet can unlock this thing with no backstory to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I even think just simply getting the idea of working towards a grade as opposed to working towards something other than a grade Yes. Is, a, is a good idea to get started as well. And just say you can incorporate the idea of here, let's start, you know, just here's an extra activity. If you guys do this activity, you get, and it doesn't even have to be items or badges or whatever, could just be, you know, you get an extra pass to the hall or something like that. And then slowly working something like that into the classroom can gradually build. Um, but that's a, that might be a good place to start because that also gets your kids into the idea that, hey, I'm doing something that's not just grade-related. And I think that that's, that's an important so, part of gamification is that it's not grade-related. Yeah, I think so, for I, some other reasons. I think so many of the kids are actually, like, hungry for sort of exploration of the content in right. a non, like, forced sort of way. So putting those things out there can really get some of the kids to, to try it. Now, it's not going to be all kids, but, like... Right. This is another shift that I think we have to get teachers towards moving towards. If we're really talking about individualized education, we have to stop thinking about like I am doing this project and all 100 of my middle school kids are going to do this project. More towards I'm going to offer way more than any kid could do so that the 100 kids have plenty of things to choose through and, right. and move through. Uh, and a gamified model can make sense of that where like traditional school, I think – that's a tough sell to be like, here's a right. hundred things you could do. Like kids will be like, what? I don't get it. But like you throw it in a game <laughs> model and they're like, oh, yeah. I could choose to go down this path or I could go on this adventure or, oh my right. gosh, there's this mission they're asking for. Like it all of a sudden becomes exciting to truly like move through all these various modules. And it's different and it's something new. And I think yeah. that alone is enough to sometimes get, sometimes get things started. Um, you know, and part of what I'm looking to do in this second semester, I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm now the computer repair teacher, I guess is what you'd call it in the district. I'm not really sure. And this is a perfect example of a class where grades don't really fit. I don't know how you grade kids on how they repair Chromebooks. That is, I don't know how to do that. 
you know, and when you start to think about like, so we want this to be sort of a job type class. They literally come in, we get Chromebooks from around the district and we have other, you know, tech issues that they have to solve. And so then they come in and they do the work and then they leave. And like, we're learning on the fly, you know, they're looking up how to fix certain problems in YouTube. I mean, there's not a textbook, there's no content. I'm not teaching them. We're working together to solve these things. So I don't want, I don't want grades to be attached to it. In fact, I'm planning to give them all 100% all the way through for the rest of the year. I mean, like they may not know that and they're not going to listen to this podcast, but they're all going to get 100% because they're doing their job. What I want to do in the second semester is add extra stuff like these types of things where they can start exploring coding when there's no Chromebooks to fix or they can start doing, you know, all sorts of other side projects that aren't going to affect their grade at all, but they might earn, you know, I don't know, I'm going to bring in Starbucks one day if you you know, achieve this goal or you get this far in this activity and like things like that. And, and, and the theme may come to what it might just be the side quest type stuff, you know, and that's enough to get it started. Getting both teachers and students away from that traditional version of education is what I think is the most exciting potential of gamification. Uh, I mean, while I love theme and I love these like little stories you can throw in there, the reality of gamification and the thing that gets most exciting and the thing that I most love to talk to educators about and hopefully those listening to this podcast to get you like launched and off onto this new exploration is this idea of truly how flexible the gamification right. model can be. Anything is possible in a gamified model because you can just right. create another like storyline for that path. You can give it a new name. And once you start shifting away from the required tasks and truly start developing a rich array of optional tasks kids can do, and year over year, it's going to take time. Right. But like year over year, when you have this like rich array of things that they can do, it is unbelievable to see the number of kids that will like move through those tasks, get excited by those tasks, and truly develop new skills when they don't have to. Right. Like, right. I have a student this year who took it upon himself to sort of, for his side quests, he, there were some sort of digital art type side quests. And I had a video in which I explained how to use the Apple software pages. And. Mm -hmm. Most kids never like watch that, like whatever. Like right. it's a 18 minute me going through all these various, I mean, it's a terrible video. I Super shot it exciting, like, sure. I shot it like uh, seven years ago or something like that. It's terrible. <laughs> but he sat there and like actually learned these skills. He then like turned in a side quest using those skills. It was amazing. It was much better than everybody else's who used like templates, which I think is so right. cool that he created from scratch, blank sheet of paper, something compared to other kids that just loaded some app that had some sort of template and his looked fabulous. But kind of the cooler aspect of this story is he continues to move down that path. Like without me asking, new side quest, different requirements, but yet mm -hmm. he's like, ah, I think pages would be a perfect use for this. And you see him like develop new tips and tricks for himself and get better and stronger in this all not required, mind you. Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm a world history, you know, teacher for those of you just tuning in. Like I do not teach computers or how to use computers. Right. And this kid's done this and like he's gonna leave a world history class with digital art skills, a particular software skills, and tips and tricks 
that he's picked up would right, would right. would use would be used in other software. So even if he doesn't use Pages in the future, some of them were just graphics design type skill sets that he now has, and he's mm-hmm. eleven. You know, like that's amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah, that is that is amazing. But we've yeah. left this idea of like this linear path with like only so many assignments and we're going to do these three right. assignments. And then we're going to take a quiz, two more assignments. And then we're going to take a test. Everyone's going to do all those things yeah. to now I'm going to offer a bunch of stuff. Some are going to do it. Some aren't. I'm going to have some required tasks, you know, right. and we're going to take some assessment, but like truly like it's actually about all these other options that I get excited about. Yeah. Well, and those, uh, I mean, you, you made the tutorial, but there's tutorials out there for just about anything. I mean, and you could, you know, I mean, so you could as a teacher, you know, I mean, that's one of the things too that I think holds a lot of teachers back is the idea of, well, I'd love for them to build a website, but I don't really know how to build a website. So I don't know how to teach them how to build a website. So we're not going to do a website. Like I feel like that internal monologue happens a lot for teachers. And so the idea of, you know, make the website an option here's a tutorial or have them go to YouTube and find a tutorial. I mean, you don't have to provide it for them. This stuff is out there. You know, the kids who are old enough to be able to get onto, I mean, we're talking about, you know, there's always the, the age 13 limit and stuff like that. If you, if you can't provide it for them and they have to go out to YouTube to find it, but those information is there and they can learn all sorts of stuff. I mean, and these, I've had kids who have no technological background at all, learn how to totally tear a Chromebook apart, replace motherboards, replace daughter boards, replace batteries, put it all back together and give it back to a person. I did not help them at all. And I think that's, that's just them being resourceful. And I think that we, you know, I mean, we can give kids lots of opportunities to learn all sorts of stuff that we don't know. Um, and that's, I think that that's great. And that, like you just said, I mean, you're able to make the tutorial. Some teachers can't, but you don't have to. And I think that's, as long as a teacher can get that in their brain and say, I can ask them to do whatever. If they don't choose to do it, they don't choose to do it. But they probably will if the, I mean, if they think the reward's worth it, or even if they don't think the reward's worth it, they'll choose to do something on the side, like you said, because there's this deep down desire to explore something that's not necessarily just being thrown at them all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I see it all the time. And I think that, and that might are high school kids, but at the same time, sometimes high school kids have even a less desire to learn, you know, a lower desire to learn stuff. And, and I see kids trying all sorts of weird things. Well, I think um, too, yeah. as I don't teach high school, so this is a bit of a guess and projection right. here, but I think the more they move through school, the more they're used to like, you're just going to throw it at me. I'm supposed to just spit it back at you. Yeah. And I want an A. So like, tell me, give me the rubric. I'm going to do what right. you told me to exactly. do. And like, so we've, in some respects, sucked that creativity out of education, that exploration, which again brings me back to like why we should gamify, because a huge percentage of gamers are a category called explorers, where like mm-hmm. they want to sort of poke around, they want to, to be honest, they want to become average at a lot of things, and, and it's right. not necessarily about mastery. For some of them, it's it's they want to hey I want to try this little thing over here and then I'm I'm gonna go open this door over here and explore this and and try this where some kids want to like right. master a sort of level one before they move on to level two, but you know knowing that so many gamers are these explorers, what do we offer in the in the education model that right. that truly plays to the explorer, um, and in a gamified model you can do that because. Not everything's tied to that grade. Not everything's tied to you have to, you must, you must. Because the moment you say that, then 
you it is a grade. You better master it because you're right. going to get scored one through four or zero to a hundred, uh, and now mastery does count. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think I think just offering these i these side quest ideas that, like you said, aren't attached to a grade. I mean, that opens that opens a lot of doors for a lot of kids. While it seems counterintuitive, it's not. I don't think it is. You know I, I mean? think I gamification. Think it, I'm not saying it's there yet, and I'm not saying it's been implemented this way. But where I see it going for those of us that are really like pioneers and and pushing it even further and further and further is this idea of creating a place in which we can sort of score, assess, look at, however you want to say, dissect the process of learning as opposed to just looking at the outcomes of learning. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. That, I think that, that to great. me is exciting, especially as a middle school teacher. Like, I'm only one piece of their learning. This idea of getting them to mastery in sixth grade seems kind of ridiculous, but getting them... <laughs> getting them to like try to learn and just like right getting them the grit to like learn to take a youtube video to learn from it i i mean i almost don't care what it is so if my right. class just throws a hundred options at them they're going to choose 10 of them and go through that process of learning like that to me is a success that to me is a win and gamification is a great way to do it it's a great way to connect with kids it's a great way to like logically offer many options that don't mm -hmm. actually seem overwhelming because it's all choice-based. Right. Uh, it's a bit of a excitement, team-based. There's lots of things you can throw at it, depending on how you want to structure it. But yeah. that's sort of the excitement about gamification. I think that's the thing that could hook other teachers. Right. And I think that a coach is, you know, coming back to the coach idea, I think coaches can play a really important role in that because another part, and you talk about this too, um, you know, in the podcast you've had in the past, sometimes the hardest part is taking the risk and, uh, and saying, I'm going to do it in the classroom and it may totally bomb. And a lot of times teachers won't make that risk because they're doing stuff on their own and there's yep. not, they don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. And I think the coaches can step in and be, and can be that sounding board and, and even just, and not necessarily for critical reasons, but just to be a positive reinforcement and say, I think this sounds great. Let's try it and, and be there on that first day. So they're not doing it by themselves. You know what I mean? I think that that's, that's kind of a, uh, that's a neat opportunity that not everybody has that coaches do have uh, and can just be that support, you know, and then, and then that maybe you might be less, um, you know, they might be less relied on as the teacher goes through and they've learned things, but sometimes just the jumping off and getting started is the hardest part. Um, and I think coaches just can play an emotional role in that as well. That is a perfect tie-in to our reflection time. Ah, oh, perfect. It's All almost right. like I knew what the quote was, right? It, he has no clue. He's, I have no he, idea. He chooses to be surprised. This one comes from uh, the Chicago Tribune. You ready for it? I am. Who exactly seeks out a coach? Winners who want even more out of life. I think that that is absolutely accurate. That's really good. There's not an author to that. It's just the. Just says Chicago Tribune is what I got. I think that's so true. I think that comes back right to what we talked about at the very beginning. Is that the the step one is that the teacher needs to want 
to do this, want to implement something new, want to try to some to, to do something to, like you said, make a more engagement with the students, make a better connection with the kids. And, and that's that's why they seek out coaches. And, and if you've got a good coach and you're, you know, I mean, and hopefully districts are moving towards this. This is uh, in our area in Illinois, in southern Illinois, we don't have a lot of coach positions, um, instructional coaches or tech coaches. Um, and it's starting to grow. And I think it's a vital part of uh, making this connection. But, you know, we just don't see it a ton. Um, and, I, and hopefully it picks up more in our area. Across the river in St. Louis, those people have been doing it forever. They've got coaches all over the place, and it's great. Up north in Chicago, they got coaches up there too. So we're starting to hopefully see this expand a little bit more. Um, but I think that, that, that the teachers also um, are switching the idea of, I've been doing this for so long, I don't need help, to, ooh, that person might be able to help me and and we've seen in the last three or four years our teachers become much more um, forward with you know hey I have an idea can you help me which we didn't see at first at all and now we're seeing it a ton and I think that that's great um, and so hopefully our teachers are wanting to expand and become better at their jobs and and not necessarily because we have all the answers but just asking for another point of view and if, if nothing else that other point of view is helpful I think. I agree. I think what I like about the quote is it sort of makes me think differently about coaches because at least like educational coaches, um, because if you if you think about a coach like that of a sports coach, you're not taking an, a sports coach isn't taking a person from like no skill set to like now can do this right. A major league coach a batting coach, a you know, kicking coach or whatever, right? A defensive coach isn't taking that NFL like <laughs> defensive linebacker like he's never heard of playing football before <laughs> and getting them to be good at football. He is taking somebody that's already at the top of their game and pushing them even further. And I like this idea, like I really haven't thought about it this way until right now with you, but like if we see our educational coaches are as somebody that can take me already from good to great, maybe make me look at something that I'm already good at and ask and have a conversation with them, a reflective right. conversation, where I'm at, what are some new tools that are out there? So instead of looking at it as like I'm broken or deficient in an area, really like right. start that conversation with like, you know, I am really good at X, Y, and Z. Here's what I do in X, Y, and Z. Do you know of any other resources, any other ideas? And actually just talking that through with that coach may lead to, to new and wonderful opportunities. Even if it doesn't come from the coach, it may come just from the conversation itself. Right. Yeah. Well, and I too think I, I coached uh, girls soccer for a really long time at the high school. And I have that, that same kind of idea where um, it's, it's not necessarily that the coach is even making the person that much better. Uh, because the player still has to do all the playing, you know, the yep. coach is not, and they got to do the work place. They got to do the work. And it's just, the coach is there to offer suggestions. Here are tips. Here are some drills that you can do to practice. Here's what we're going to do to, you know, to build a better team and those types of things. But it's the players that do it. And I think that's the same, the same idea, especially with something like gamification where the teachers, you know, you can't walk in and just be like, here's how you should do this from here. Yep. I'm a coach. Here's how you should gamify your classroom. It's not going to work. And I think that that's, you know, that's an important thing to remember. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being part of today's episode. Hey, thank you for having me, Michael. It's always good. I'm excited. <laughs> always excited to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a pleasure having you on. We'll have to make it happen, not with 70 episodes in between. Right. That would be great. <laughs> uh, everyone else, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to enjoy and listen to another well-played podcast. Again, check out my YouTube channel for other ways to sort of gamify or come up with some creative ideas in your class. Also, this year I'm doing a one-month goals series on my YouTube channel, so check that out. Uh, I'd love to have you join in on those and, and hear what those are about because they have been doing wonders for me and hopefully you following along are doing wonders for you. That's all we have for this week, so enjoy your day and play on. <laughs>